0: To Wright Spoke and Perspective with your host, Tim Ben. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to the Right Spokane Perspective. Today, we're about perspective in law. And I think we need to have a good perspective in law because it needs to be lawful. I think law should have a lawful perspective, but we got some inspiration from Shannon first and we'll be jumping off into the Second Amendment and the law.
1: We're gonna be talking about rejecting rationalization. An Atlanta police officer asked a driver if she knew why he'd stopped her. No idea, she said in bewilderment. Ma'am, you were texting while driving, the officer gently told her. No, no, she protested, holding up her cell phone as evidence. It's an email. Using a cell phone to send an email doesn't grant us a loophole from a law that prohibits texting while driving. The point of the law isn't to prevent texting, it's to prevent distracted driving jesus accused the religious leaders of his day of creating far worse loopholes you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of god he said quoting to the command to honor your father and mother as evidence under the hypocritical cloak of religious devotion these wealthy leaders were neglecting their families they simply declared their money as devoted to god and voila no need to help mom and dad in their old age Jesus quickly got to the heart of the problem. You nullify the word of God by your tradition, he said. They weren't honoring God. They were dishonoring their parents. Rationalization can be so subtle With it, we avoid responsibilities, explain away selfish behavior, and reject God's direct commands. If that describes our behavior, we're merely deceiving ourselves. Jesus offers us opportunity to exchange our selfish tendencies for the guidance of the Spirit behind his Father's good instructions. God, we need your wise discernment. Rescue us from our denial of our own guilt and help us to live in step with your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Well, we're going to be needing those loopholes that they came up with there in that story, but probably not a loophole of email versus text. But if we want to keep our gun rights here in Washington State, the loophole is probably going to have to be that our gun self-identifies as a Nerf gun or something else, because Washington State is surely after our gun rights with lots of legislation that they put on the table this year. But today, we have a special guest in Pete Serrano from the Silent Majority, and he's an attorney. He's also a Pasco City Councilman, and he is I think just getting hammered with the second amendment issue in Washington state. And I want to bring him on to talk to us about that because our rights are being infringed on and the silent majority is stepping in the way. Welcome to the show, Pete.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. And I really appreciate it. Excited to represent silent majority foundation tonight and talk about the work that we're doing. I know, I think we're going to focus on second amendment issues and You know, we have two active cases, and and as you've already mentioned, there are, I believe, 12 to 14 bills in the state of Washington. Now, most of those are what they call companion bills, meaning they're dual tracking a particular bill in both the House and the Senate. So, you know, there could be six, seven, eight new gun laws by June.
0: Well, and these lawmakers are insane the way that they think they're going to solve crime. I have a plethora of news articles. I was just talking to a legislator on yesterday's show about crime, and she's in the legislature looking at, multiple felons you know they they have people most all the crimes committed by a small group of people we just keep letting them out and we know that with gun lo- gun laws and gun violence and they say oh gun violence is an epidemic well most of the gun violence is being perpetrated on our cities by people that were already restricted from owning a firearm under current law but they come up with these laws that like if it's black and it has a stock that's not wooden, we're going to outlaw that one because they look scarier.
2: But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, they create these new names, large capacity magazines, assault weapons, you know. They, well, they've,
0: they've turned like little plinking guns that we had when we were teenagers for, to shoot rodents with, you know, to try to level out the field on the farm. Farm kids know about those. They started shooting them when they were like six years old. Little twenty they they're calling them high capacity I think they're calling it high-powered rifles. Even,
2: yeah, it's you know, unfortunately, when the legislature gets to define everything, we're we're playing on their court. But at the same time, there's an opportunity to take language back. You know, whether it's in the religious context or whether it's in the gun rights context. To your point, you know, they they've defined anything greater than ten rounds as large capacity. Uh, now, most of us, even our pistols, right, or handguns are 13, 14 rounds and, you know, the whole purpose of that is not so I could go deep, you know, go offensively shoot someplace up, it's to make sure that I've got enough ammunition in one magazine to defend against as many people as I need to defend against, well, you we've know, got, if I'm getting robbed
0: Exactly, well we've got we've got drug cartels that are going through our communities obviously here illegal pushing illegal narcotics they have guns with more than 10 rounds yeah. If you're going to protect yourself in your community, you should at least be able to have what the criminals have.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and to your point, you're talking about cartels. They're typically at least two, three, four people deep. You know, and if I'm walking in a dark alley, it's it's me me, myself, and I, and only me has a gun, right?
0: Right, Um, right. Well, then you might be standing there with other citizens that are unarmed or your wife or children, family, and you want to be able to protect them. And here you have people that are possibly drugged out of their mind and also have firearms that came from out of state, maybe out of country, and and they don't it doesn't seem like we're enforcing the laws against them, but we keep on trying to invent these new laws about the look of the gun, the capacity of the gun, how long the barrel is, how you know, how does the, what does the stock look like? Does it have Velcro? Is it not you know? Does it have a rubber end on? It? You know, they got all these ideas that they want to enforce, but they're enforcing laws that have already been passed. You wanted to talk about the language a little bit earlier because they created legal language in a law having to do with magazines more than 10 rounds. Uh, and I think they like to call them clips because I have the lingo down these 10 round or more magazines law. It, it's kind of how do you define some of the words? Are you selling it locally? Tell us a little bit about one of the cases you're working on there.
2: Yeah. So we we have two cases in relation to what they're calling the large capacity magazines. And again, that's anything greater than 10 rounds. I'm going to call them standard capacity magazines just so that I can actually be correct, because I believe by seeding language, we're seeding the playing field. So these standard capacity magazines that Jay Inslee and Bob Ferguson have pushed through the legislature, and let's start with the position that neither of those two is elected to be a legislator. One is our governor and one is our attorney general. You know, well, they're, so they're, they're, they're way- executive
0: branch. Their job is to carry out the, yep. the law as the legislature intended. And the folks, that's very important because what happens with a lot of our laws is there's an intention in the law, but the wording of the law can be used for other intentions. And what we've got is a governor and, and an attorney general that likes to ignore legislative intent and just take legal language and then start going after citizens.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Because in one of the cases we're working on, the attorney general has utilized the standard capacity magazine ban found in Revised Code of Washington 9.41, 0.370, and 0.375. Those were enacted last year through what many people followed as Senate Bill 5078, 5078, and it, it prohibited the sales, the offering for sales of any magazine greater than 10 rounds. The legislature used an interesting term. They put online sales, and when you look at the legislative history, and not many people actually spend the time to look at this, there's there's actually analysis that addresses the specifics to selling online. It's not just over-the-counter sales. And so we have actually argued in court in King County, not surprisingly, I'd say our arguments were effective, <laughs> but the judge disagreed with them, that the prohibition by the legislature was exclusive to the online element, not to all sales. So Our client, Federal Way Discount Guns, they've got a website. But when you hop on the website, it's primarily information-based. Hey, if you want a concealed carry class, these are the days. There are no online sales. And so we made this argument that the legislature did not ban his in-store sales. It was his online sales. And the King County judge said, well, you know, I think they really meant that It was any sales of these magazines. And it's like, well, what's your basis for that, Your Honor? (laughs) When you look at the legislative history, it's very clear. And Federal Way Discount Guns gets investigated, and and you can't see me, but those are the finger air quotes, investigated by the attorney general's office for whether or not they've sold any of these magazines, these standard capacity magazines the legislature defined as large capacity. And again, our position, when you look at the legislative history, when you actually look at the analysis of the bill, it addresses online sales. The court cases that the legislature used to launch this bill addresses online and over-the-counter sales and so our position to the king county judge was listen your honor there are no online sales you look at his website look at federal way discount guns website and and there's just not a whole lot there there's there's no sales at all there's uh information contact us there's our concealed carry classes you know a little bit about what the stock is but it doesn't even have like list price of guns or magazines or anything and so our argument was He shouldn't be found guilty of having sold these because none were online. And of course, the King County judge said, well, I really think the legislature meant any sales online or over the counter. And so we're working through this, but I can assure you folks, Bob Ferguson is pressing this hard. In the month and a half that we've been in this case, I guess it's about two months now, they've brought four or five different punitive motions trying to get sanctions, trying to get certain discoveries, third party subpoenas. And fighting every time we deny those. I mean, this is really, really an offensive tactic from the attorney general to enforce this pet bill. So, well,
0: it seems really aggre- it seems really aggressive too because it's something that really just went into place recently, magazine ban, whatever their, their thing is. because and, and one of the problems with it is that our law enforcement still has 30 round magazines in, or more than 10 round magazines in most of their firearms. If a person can't sell a magazine, I mean, our law enforcement, they they go and they practice and they shoot their firearms. If they have a spring go bad in one of their magazines or it gets broken in some way, it's not chambering properly, what have you, they need to be able to purchase a magazine for their firearm. What, what are they supposed to do? Where are they yeah, going to find these and- magazines? So they got to buy them from somewhere.
2: And that's the thing is those sales are exempt. And in fact, our client does a lot of sales as well as he has an indoor range for the, the local PD and sheriffs and uh, port police are using. But because of this lawsuit, it's like, hey, I'm done. I've got no stock because I know the AG is going to come after me and say, well, what about this magazine? What about that magazine? Here's $7,500 fine that I'm going to seek for every single one that you have that you're offering for sale. It's like, well, I can still sell them to my police clientele, which is the bulk of my clientele. And, and just, again, because of how oppressive and how aggressive well, and the are. Attorney-
0: not only the police, but if, if you're a federal firearms dealer, what if you also work with gun stores and manufacturers that are in other states that don't have these ridiculous laws? <laughs> what about the Commerce Clause here? What about do, doing business outside of the state of, of crazy and making sales to people outside of the state? Whether, of course, oh, the gun show. Well, it could be at a gun show, but it could also be another manufacturer that sees that you have inventory that they could use. What about manufacturer to manufacturer sales? Would Ferguson decide that uh, he's going to be king of uh, the United States and not pay attention to the Commerce Clause?
2: Well, and quite frankly, that wouldn't surprise me if he attempted to do that. And and as you're aware, it's it's illegal. But the biggest problem is that means that we have to either defend or sue to challenge the law. And, you know, we don't have the resources. You know, even we, the people collectively, don't seem to have the resources, that the tax dollars that Bob Ferguson's willing to spend to infringe on our rights. I've talked with people, the most sickening part of this equation is my tax dollars are being used to infringe my rights or my clients' rights And then I have to sue and get them to use more of those tax dollars. Well, If you you hire
0: three attorneys, Bob Ferguson will put five on the case. He's got unlimited resources from the Washington legislature who wants to continually add taxes, whether it's a tax for or increased fees for your firearms, for your licensing, whether it's increased fees for uh, your business registrations. It doesn't matter what it is. They'll find ways to raise the money to come after your rights if we can't get the courts to hold these tyrants accountable. You know, we live in the United States of America. There is the Tenth Amendment where states can make their own laws and enforce them in ways that the federal government possibly disagrees with. But we see a state now that the criminal behavior, the criminal element, the lack of policing, we have citizenry that wants to be armed more than ever in this state because of the lack of our police to be able to do their job. Maybe the attorney general should do his job and find ways to go after criminals instead of citizens we're going to take a quick break we're going to be right back with pete serrano from the silent majority a pasco city councilman and also someone who'd like to hold a bible study we'll be talking about that in the second half don't go anywhere We want to thank God and you, the listeners, for the opportunity to continue the Right Spokane Perspective radio show and podcast programming. We sincerely thank Mike Fagan for 12 years of dedication to our listeners and guests of the Right Spokane Perspective, and we wish you well in your sabbatical and anticipate hearing from you again in the future. Listeners, it's because of your support we continue to bring you facts, commentary, and alerts on what's happening in local government, politics, and issues affecting us all. Please send your most generous support to Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, P.O. Box 7620, Spokane, WA nine nine two Thanks again and back to the show. And welcome back to the Right Spokane Perspective with your host Tim Ben and co-host Shannon Ben. And we are back with Pete Serrano talking about the Second Amendment today. It kind of shoots me right in the heart, Shannon. This whole idea of the criminals can have all the guns they want. We don't see Bob Ferguson going after these drug cartels that are coming through Washington, they're coming through Yakima. I know that Tri-Cities is also part of that triangle that I believe it's the Sinaloa drug cartel is using to poison our communities with heroin and fentanyl, but he doesn't want us to have standard capacity magazines. You know, Pete Serrano from Silent Majority is fighting back on that, but before we talk more about that, let's talk about how we pray for our leaders and engage with Christ, because I know you've got a Bible study you're looking to do, Pete.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. One of the things that through my travels, through Silent Majority Foundation's efforts, we've had some great opportunities to speak with some phenomenal Christian groups. One of the events and one of our uh, just awesome supporters, I saw this thing called the Founders Bible. And, and I'm not necessarily putting, necessarily putting a plug in for that version of the Bible. But <clears throat> obviously, it's it's got the Bible itself and it's got these stories of our founding fathers just woven in throughout the bible it's it's artistic it's attractive it's something that you can share with kids and so i got a copy from these friends as i'm praying about things i get this kind of god that says you need to use A Bible study, you know, everyone's upset about drag queen story hours, but it's not effective to go yell and be upset about something. You have to replace bad with good, evil with good. And God's like, why don't you go do a Bible study at the library? And I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) right? You know, ironically, as a a city council member— we had the libraries come to us, and at the very end of last year, ask for a bu- budget proposal. And I said, you know what? We had just seen one of these uh, drag queen, and and I've been told I was incorrect, but some type of LGBTQ event at the library. And so I asked the chief librarian. I said, tell me about this event. I want to understand it. And he, you know, obviously little defensive and probably fair enough. I didn't give him a forewarning about the, the question. Well,
0: and, and they don't want to talk about it because frankly I think a lot of the librarians, just like the public school teachers out there, the people that are facing these issues that we feel uncomfortable having our children face, there's groups out there that have forced their way, sometimes through support through government officials, sometimes it's in bureaucracies, but a lot of times it's that these entities don't want to be protested. They don't I want these people standing outside, looking ridiculous, screaming. Fine, go ahead and use our little back room here. Do your little event. We'll just not really advertise it. And so they're forced into these things they feel because they don't feel like they have the support from their governing bodies. And it sounds like you were able to uh, talk to a librarian and you were going to say, "Well, I don't know if I support this or not." So how did the rest of that conversation go?
2: Yeah, and so that was that was the initial tone. But his response was, "Why don't you, if you're advocating a position?" for or against, or for something else, why don't you pitch an idea to me and I'll help you coordinate and schedule an event. And and so I went home that night and I just, again, it was a couple months ago, I started praying about it and thought about it. And I said, again, back to the position, I can be upset that something's there or I can bring God to the library. So why not bring a Bible study in place of these other events?
0: Well, that sounds very inclusive.
2: Well, it is, right? You know, we're targeting, not targeting, but we're opening it to families. We're going to keep it very simple. We're going to talk about the founding fathers. We're going to talk about how they relied on the Bible, how our country was founded on these biblical principles and these certain scriptures that these guys relied upon. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the greatness of our country and the greatness of God. And it's going to be in a public space. And I think that is the most important thing is that as society has moved further and further away and displaced God from the public square, The only way to help save our country is to get God back in the center of the square.
0: Well, it is. And and And, we were just talking yesterday with uh, State Representative Jenny Graham, and she was telling us about a House Bill 1333 that she's calling the mm -hmm. Ministry of Truth Bill. Basically, the government's going to set up a bureaucracy that's going to decide what's true information, what's not. Just like last year, of course, they were or two years ago they were perfectly accurate at the state health department when they said these vaccines work every time you got to take 90 percent effect of course you know you can't go back and call government liars right but they want to be able to control our speech just like controlling what types of uh, firearm magazines that we have and they want to control our speech in the public libraries and they want to teach children things that we might not approve of but why not be inclusive, folks? Why not go to your local library and start an educational series because our children have been taught. We've been told by the media that our founding fathers were deists or they were atheists. They were not pastors. They were not Christians of any type. They were just tyrants that wanted to, you know, inflict racism and and, uh, slavery on the culture, which none of those things are actually true. Uh, So we should produce the truth with biblical truth uh, in these Bible studies. So you're talking about the founder's Bible so that there's actually a tie to biblical truth and the founding of our nation.
2: Absolutely. And that and that's the goal. You know, I mean, we picked our our Kennewick branch. We'll host it on February 23rd and March 23rd at 730. This isn't necessarily related to Silent Majority Foundation. It just happens to be I'm the guy involved in both.
0: You can legally do that, Pete. I know you're an attorney, but, you know, we've got these activists and these other government officials, they just, you know, they wear different hats, they say, we're right. just wearing a different hat. Well, you're just, maybe you don't wear hats, Pete, I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> you're, you're you're going in as your alter ego and uh, you're going to, you know, speak the truth uh, biblically. And then when you go home and you've got all these cases that are flying at you with the Second Amendment as other issues, then you're going to go back to work. It's like all, all the rest of us that have multiple tasks in life that we need to accomplish.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful that I get to be part of everything that I get to be part of. Right. You know what I mean? There's nothing better than knowing that my hat at city council led me to this premonition, this thought, this inspiration that, gee, you know, a Bible study at the library would be a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just grateful and I'm trying to be that kind of instrument in God's hands, wherever I can be, whether it's in the courts, in the libraries or on the city council dais well, so these, things, these
0: been, things are important, yeah. and, and they're important to the fact of, uh, for me, actually this issue touched my life as well because I ran for city council in the city of Spokane a few years back, and the person I lost to actually ended up on the library board and introduced Drag Queen's story hour to Spokane. So this issue wow. kind of touches me too. So these are issues that touch us all because if it's our taxes that are are used in these facilities we should bring uh, you know our truth. can't we bring yeah. our, it does we all get to have our own truths now right We can bring our truth and our knowledge and our education to these institutions.
1: Kind of like maybe an I for an I. So we're we're showing them a, a, a different way of looking at things.
0: An eye for an eye, yeah. But use both eyes right. and, and open them up and see where the what the real truth is. Because we're we are going down crazy town uh, with. The way our state government is redefining basic understandings in life that we've known for all of human history, or at least all of uh, the last couple of hundred years, while we had a nation that was set up to, I, I think, protect God given, inalienable rights. Is that correct, Pete?
2: There you go, the God given, inalienable rights. Well, And the reason I bring up the library thing is not because I want to corner the market on that but I want to share the free market idea and I hope that you'll call me in a month or two and say hey guess what I'm doing in Spokane what's the blueprint or or did you even did you just swing it or whatever right I hope our next conversation is I'm going to do one in Spokane Pete what are your thoughts
0: Well actually and I think I
2: hope someone I think we do from- have someone
0: in Spokane that has uh, attempted that I know that There's actually nationally, we had a a guest on our show. And do you remember the- Kirk Cameron. It was Kirk Cameron that was doing Bible studies, looking at, you know, expanding it. So this is something that's going to grow. They've thrown God out of our public institutions and it shows folks. And so we've got to get biblical truth and the knowledge that our founders used and the basis for coming to America, which was- getting away from religious persecution, right? Otherwise we'd all be Anglican. And so we're here in the United States, we have religious freedom, you know, just like every other group out there that seems to have a a voice, we need to make sure that all these institutions continue to be inclusive as advertised and include the truths that we know as Christians. And so uh, I know we've got just a few more minutes left in today's show, and I want to pivot back to, because that's a great idea. I'm hoping the listeners go out there and they contact their local library. Folks, if you're already involved with a Bible study, you can use the conference rooms in the library they're open to the public you just have to get on the calendar and you can start advertising that you're holding a bible study at your local library whether you want to use the founder's bible whether you want to use the daily bread inspiration whether you want to use the king james version whatever it is there's lots of good bible studies out there that you can grab a hold of and go to those libraries and share them
1: you do Please get a hold of us at interview coordinator rsp at gmail.com so that we can get it up on our website to advertise for you for those Bible studies.
0: Yeah, where's your Bible study at? When's it going to be? Understanding biblical truth and God given inalienable rights. I want to pivot back to Silent Majority's work with Pete Serrano on this issue of the Second Amendment, because it's not just the 30-round magazine ban. It's also other issues that it looks like they're going into uh, legally. Do you have any other cases, or is there just other issues that are boiling to the surface?
2: Yeah, for right now, we have two of these anything greater than 10-round magazines, as the legislatures call it, large capacity. We also sued the state for the definition, and that's working its way through the federal court system in Yakima. We were supposed to have had a decision by Christmas, and it's obviously not been issued yet. Because once, you know, theoretically, if the the judge agrees with us, then this law will be enjoined or put on pause. And that's our goal, so that we're not having to spend a bunch of resources to defend Bob Ferguson and his team of several lawyers, you know, trying to infringe on our constitutionally protected rights. Ideally, we can let that sit for a while, get an injunction— And then we can pivot to all of our other cases. I mean, we do have religious freedom. We have the vaccine mandate cases. We have so much going on at Silent Majority Foundation. And I'll go ahead and throw a plug. Take a look at us at silentmajorityfoundation.org. We have dozens of cases that are ongoing in litigation.
0: Okay, I just wrote Uh, that down just to make sure everyone gets it right, because I had to write it down. Just make sure it's a .org. So, again, it's Majority. .org and check out all the cases they got going on Oh, it's foundation. See, that's why I have to get this stuff yeah. right. It's foundation.org. So we're going to get like a, a multiple plug out of this. It's going to be <laughs> silentmajorityfoundation.org and and look at the cases that they've got. Pray over those cases. If you don't have money to donate, or help out with those financial costs, pray for donations to come in, pray for uh, leadership in the community, in the judicial system, in other attorneys that maybe want to help out, be behind Pete, pray over his success and pray for our leaders now in the legislature who are looking to put the hurt on us and looking to infringe on our rights some more. And, And in fact, what's crazy is they're looking to give criminals more ways to stay out of trouble and cause more havoc in our communities. And, And uh, we are that silent majority. And the only way that we're going to be heard is if we either support silent majority foundation, we pray for Pete Serrano. Hopefully God will hear our cries and heal our land. That's what we're looking for, but we've got to have that in leadership. The spirit of truth has got to be out there. And uh, even if you got to just take it, simply to the local library that's what we've got to get done thanks for your time again pete today and i know that we're gonna have to get you back on but i don't want to do it real quick because it sounds like you've got a whole lot of things going on down there in pasco
2: i appreciate it i'm always happy to come back and you know where we can be uplifting and positive message we want to share that because it is a message message of hope and that's Silent majority foundation stands to give everybody that voice and know that someone's fighting for
0: them. Yeah. And, and we'll have to have you back on because I know you've got these other cases going with the second amendment, but you've got the the vaccines. There's so many things you have going on. I think that are important to our listeners and the future of civil rights in our state. So again, thank you for all the work that you do. And we hope to have you back on soon. All that being said, folks, we're out of here today. We'll be back at you and with you again tomorrow.
1: Bye-bye.